0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's always getting tattoos done by Farouche. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. Farouche is the only guy I trust. I know. I looked up his Facebook pictures just to make sure he could do it, and like, "Mm, I'm thinking maybe I'll get a tattoo from him. Yeah,
1: man. I mean, it always ends in ironic misfortune, but
0: hey, they look good. They look good. That's all that really matters. You know, it's because it's going to be on you forever, and you got to make sure it looks good. What's the point of a tattoo if it looks like shit, right? I don't know. Next thing you know, you're on a Facebook compilation of terrible tattoo pictures, oh, and man. it's like, ugh. Oh, you know, everybody's laughing at you. I do love you. those,
1: though, so, like, if I can give back to the community by <laughs> being part of one of those, then, you know, provide yeah. some entertainment
0: for some other people. Pay it forward. You're such a kind soul, Brandon. <laughs> so, Brandon, how you been doing? Oh, I've been better, Cortland. Oh, what happened,
1: girl? Tell me about it. All right, it's the Christmas season, Cortland. It is. And uh, we just, we got out our our Christmas stuff, set up our tree, and whatnot, as you do. Yeah, As you do. And we weren't so careful last year with putting away our Christmas lights, so... Oh, no. This year, when we got those out, it was a big jumbled mess.
0: Brandon, tell me something that doesn't happen to everybody (laughs) every
1: fucking season. I spent... Three hours on (laughs) Tangling Lights. That is not an exaggeration. Three hours yesterday on Tangling Lights. And guess what? By the end, none of them worked.
0: (laughs) That's a classic thing, Brandon. I think that is a a rite of passage (laughs) of turning (sighs) into an adult. (laughs) I just hated it so much. Yeah,
1: I'd hate it too. I hated it while I was doing it. And I was like, at least I'll have Christmas spirit and the magic of Christmas traveling through me by the time this is all done. I can look forward to (laughs) blinding myself with these glorious lights. And I did check them before I untangled them. They worked then.
0: And they didn't work. So it was
1: somewhere in those three hours where I ripped them apart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brandon. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Yeah, that I think that happens to everybody. Here's what happens though, like it's different here in you know in Michigan, it gets cold, so like I try to take the lights off after it's warm up because like I'm not going to be on a ladder outside when it's cold, so it no. happens every year is like you take off the lights and then you throw them into a bin, and you're like, "That's next year Cortland problem, <laughs> yeah. and then next yeah, year a Cortland, whole it's year like... to forget about this, <laughs> <laughs> and then when you finally get back to it, you're like, "God, I fucking hate past me." <laughs> What the hell was past Brandon doing? Oh Brandon. Uh we actually just bought new lights instead of putting up. (laughs) Much smarter.
1: Much smarter.
0: (laughs) We got a really good deal on some new lights on Amazon. (laughs) we just bought those and we're like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Gosh.
1: Next year I'm just buying new ones, and every
0: year after that, I'll just keep creating waste. See, that's what happens, because and then, that's why, like, people have so many lights, is because they just kept buying them year over year, and so they
1: just add to it. Yeah, it's just like when printer ink runs out, you're just like, all right, new printer. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome, Brandon. I mean, did you end up getting your lights up? Like, did anything work? Or is this <sighs> a whole big shroud? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'll figure something out. <laughs> at least, Brandon, at the very least, well, I guess it's probably really hot out there over there, but... At least it's not, like, blisteringly cold when you're putting your lights up. That's something. It is something. Something to be thankful for, Brandon. Okay, we just had Thanksgiving, right?
1: Yeah. Thanksgiving's past. I don't have to be thankful for anything anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> That's well, done. You know what? Honestly, I mean, you didn't have to be thankful for anything anyway, because Australia's Thanksgiving is... That's true. Even I volunteer <laughs> to be thankful. <laughs> fool such a kind soul brandon so today we are having my son's birthday party because he's going to be turning nine next week on wednesday but we're gonna have his party today and we are going to a trampolarium trampoline emporium trampoline place to jump i don't know what they're called. i like trampolarium trampolarium i think that's probably what i'm gonna call it here but yeah we're going to a trampoline place so he can jump with his cousins and I'm, I'm not going to jump, because, like, the idea of jumping on a trampoline, just, I, my back already hurts, so I'm not going <laughs> to do it myself. But I can't wait it to watch just the kids thinking jump about around. It's going to be awesome. That sounds
1: cool. Yeah. I never went to any of those places when I was a kid. I don't know if there ever was any, or if my parents just kept that information from me, mm-hmm. so.
0: Yeah, so you wouldn't ask about it. Yeah.
1: I assume that they were invented, like, ten years ago.
0: Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Brandon. As a kid, we had video rental stores, okay? So, like, our kids don't Uh get to enjoy that magic. Yep. But you give and you take, and what they got was trampoline places. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know. It's a bad trade. It's a bad trade. (laughs) Yeah. Give me me video stores back, please. Look, the idea of walking down an aisle of a video store and looking at all the covers of the horror movies was a very touching memory for me, okay? I loved it. And my son will never get to enjoy that. Nope brandon we have a whole episode of tales from the crypt to talk about today are you prepared yeah. to get into this one yeah let's do the whole episode this time okay i mean if you say so
1: yeah act one two and three all right well ambitious today <laughs> those christmas yeah. lights have turned you into something i know. Else. <laughs> <laughs> i i need to
0: take my mind off the christmas lights <laughs> we just got done watching season four episode four of tales from the crypt it's seance brandon what did you think about seance, Cortland? I
1: think we're we're in a average sort of mid streak of tales from the crypt here, ain't we? Just yeah, we need something that just pops off from the beginning and is just amazing. This episode's okay; it's not terrible. It's just mm-hmm. another. I feel like we've got quite a few categories of tales from the crypt episodes now. Do tell. There's the gold diggers. Ah, gold diggers. Yes, of course. There's the zombies zombies love it and then there's con men and women who yeah (laughs) get their comeuppance by trying to fuck people over
0: yeah those are really good categories we also get a lot of like set in olden times kind of episodes and this one's set i think in like the 30s maybe right is it i feel like it's oldish they talk about world war one a lot in it as if huh. it was something that had just happened not too long ago. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I think with like the clothes, which, hey, I love a good time period piece. Like I'm not going to complain about it, but I feel like a lot of the stuff, and maybe it's because the original Tales from the Crypt was written, you know, in the 70s kind of thing. So maybe yeah. it's, you know, more fresh than the night. No, I, I do kind of like when the,
1: the things are subtle like that. Yeah. Because nowadays it's like, all right, this is taking place in the 30s. So every single line and every second is going to be just jam packed. Yeah everybody's like yes. hey well, do i face. was gonna say like i was gonna say like all the most popular hits of the 30s but can you name a single song from the 30s because i can't i think downtown was in the 30s wasn't it? dude downtown's from like 1986 or something no
0: is it <laughs> look it up okay fine let's grind this podcast to a halt brandon my editing <laughs> it's a it's a future courtland problem <laughs> It's 1965. <laughs> okay. It's later later than you would think. I'm sure some of the Christmas songs were from the 30s, right? Best songs of the 30s. God bless America. There we go, Brandon. Yeah,
1: but if, if it, something took place in the 80s or something, though, yeah. it would immediately be like, Don't you
0: forget about <laughs> me. Yeah, And like the characters would be much. like, Oh, gag me with a spoon. Am I right? You are. The thing that I noticed about this episode is that it is very much like a setup. Like they spend a lot of time setting this up this episode. That's the whole episode. There's a lot of talking in this episode. There's not a ton that happens. When it does happen, it's pretty good, but there's so much setup to this one. It's honestly pretty confusing. Uh it took me like two watch throughs to get what was even going on, and it's kind of unnecessary. There's a
1: Part where it's like, okay, we're in a flashback now. And when I was watching (laughs) it, I was like, oh, we're going to
0: get a little flashback. But no, that's the episode. The rest of the episode's a flash forward. Yeah, because it starts out in present day and then it goes back a week and you see what leads up to it. And then it comes back to present day and you're like, okay. I don't know. I got to say, it wasn't my favorite episode. It's not bad episode, but we've seen better. We'll probably see better later. It's just middle of the road. You want to get into it, Brandon? You want to get? Yeah, let's just talk about it. Okay. Our episode starts up in a little bit of a different way here. We're chilling at a closed door to Crypt Keeper Investigations, and we hear our best friend with this really weird accent, and it's kind of like a voiceover for him. He kind of sounds like he's a detective. uh, He's doing a Humphrey Bogart impression. Yeah, he is. He tells us it's another one of them hot LA days, and things were just about to get interesting when she walked in. And the door opens up, and I guess we are the she, perhaps? Yes, we are she. We step into a room, as Crypti's voiceover says that her name was Samantha, and she was beautiful. Samantha. So we're beautiful, is what he's trying to say. Thank you, Crypt Keeper. He's such a sweetheart. A regular corpus delecti. I don't know what that means. With a great chest. Cavity, that is. Something in her <laughs> socket said, beware. Must have been the way they said hollow to me. We finally make our way to sit down next to the Crypt Keeper, who has on a detective hat and a suit. And he says, so, sweetheart. You say your husband's been cheating on you with another ghoul? That it? Well, I'll be glad to hear your story. But first, I've got a tawdry tale of my own to tell. It's about a couple of scam artists that want to make a killing, provided they don't kill each other first. I call it seance. I love this intro because <laughs> he's like, oh, you have problems? Well, I have a story, so you're going to have to listen to this. imagine <laughs> going into a, a detective or
1: a doctor or just any kind of person who's helping you out with something and they're just like, hold on, let me tell you a little story first, and it's like half an hour long. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. The picture for this episode, it it was difficult for me to understand, which I guess was just like, I don't know, a premonition for the episode itself, huh? In mm-hmm. the foreground is an older man that's falling into like some sort of endless void of sorts. <laughs> and he's got money falling out of a briefcase all around him. It looks a little bit like he's in one of those like
1: phone booth style chambers yeah. where like the fans yeah. are blowing the money all over. Yeah, and I was he's trying say, to catch
0: it. It's sticky, sticky money, whatever from Matilda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just dollar bills everywhere. I always it's wanted to go into one with of those. Sticky. Yeah. Uh, John Lovitz was getting everybody all sticky in a little phone booth. It was great. Behind him is a woman in a red dress, kind of in a doorway. I didn't really know. I don't know. It looks all right. And having watched the episode, I get where it's from now. But at first, Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no clue what was going on.
1: I guess that's kind of like the best way to go about this: is have art that's like you don't know what it is, but it's interesting.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't spoil the whole episode like half of these do. (laughs) Yeah. Um,. It's fun when you get that piece of art that is like, it literally just ruins the episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, funny. if you think about it, this one does too, but you kind of don't know what's going on. Yeah. You can't piece out what it is. Right. It's like, is the seance going to just put somebody in a, you know, in a never ending pit where they just keep falling forever? Who knows? That's not what happens, but spoilers. It should. We fade into the episode to see a woman lighting a candle, and her lips are right behind it. And she says that she's the eternal flame in fire. All things begin and all things return. She's got this interesting fake accent going on. I don't know. It's kind of like fake Russian. She's talking about being the point of transition and being life and all that good stuff. Essentially, it's a woman practicing putting on a fake seance. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't bother to write down everything she says because it doesn't matter yeah it's just a bunch of fake nonsense yeah she's talking about evoking images and ghosts she says some more nonsense and then the flame lights up a whole bunch which looks really cool but she doesn't really react to it much over on the other side of the room somebody in a big robe with a hood on starts slowly walking up and the woman whose name is allison asks if the spirit wants to say something i guess it doesn't because she gets pissed saying
1: jesus christ in a cardigan sweater benny One lousy line. She runs up to
0: turn on the lights, and we see that the person in the robe is Benny, and they were practicing holding a séance. She tells him that he has just one line, which is "Give my friends the money." Benny knows, but the lines aren't the problem; it's everything else. Allison complains about her nightmare, which is of dying old and broke, and that she'd die on Monkey Island, where the loser con artists go that die in desperation. Benny rebuttals, but Allison tells him, "Look, this isn't Pittsburgh." Remember that shit? The first time you went soft on me and choked, somebody died in Pittsburgh.
1: Intriguing.
0: Now, they bring up this Pittsburgh thing a couple of times, but they never go anywhere with it. They don't elaborate on it at all. No, they don't. We should have a flashback, back, back. This isn't the flashback yet. We're getting there, but we should have a flashback within a flashback. It'd be great. She says, you know, now listen, you want out of this life? Here it is. After this score, you go your way, I'll go mine. We're a great team and deserve to walk away rich. Benny thinks that what they're doing to this lady means that they don't deserve to walk away at all. A little bell rings and somebody calls out for Madame Leona. Benny takes that moment as a last jab at Allison saying that she's got spiders in her veins. And Allison ushers him into a cabinet saying, yeah, and you're tangling up my webs. He gets pushed in to that wardrobe and the door closes and Allison asks if he can see all right. Benny tells her, yeah, yeah. And the lady in the waiting room calls again for Madame Leona. Allison slaps on her fake accent, saying, yeah, I'll be right there. I'm I'm not going to do the fake accent. The wardrobe oh. door shakes a little, and Allison tells Benny to quit it, because he's going to blow the whole deal. And then Benny's monotone says that he's sorry, and that he slipped. Allison asks how she looks, and Benny tells her that she's beautiful. So she walks away from that wardrobe and puts on her gypsy scarf, because you gotta have one of those on. She ushers her guest to take a seat, and it's a woman and a man named Gibson, who I not covering an imdb so we're not going to talk about him much (laughs) forget him the woman asks hey are you feeling okay because you sound a little different and allison tells her yeah just a little cold okay anyway sit down and we can get this thing going also somebody puts like a briefcase on the um on the table and i feel like i've seen that briefcase brandon i wonder what's got inside we just have to wait to find out from inside the wardrobe we hear benny say gee that poor woman
1: how did i ever get into this mess
0: And then the screen fades, and we time travel back one week earlier so that we could see how everything led up to this moment. And it's just like, oh, there's me in the wardrobe. How did I get into this mess? (laughs) You're probably wondering how I got here. (laughs) So classic. Back in time, we're in an office, and we see Benny and Allison. Allison's all dressed in black with a big old floppy hat on, like she's been mourning or something. And then they light up some cigarettes. She's a mourning mess. Yeah, she is al here asks how she looks and benny sighs at her there's a weird car honk in the distance which happens a lot when we're in this office and uh for some reason and uh, whatever allison's all come on benny tell me you don't miss it with me and you and just a little bit benny tells her you know what i miss? the shower after it's like damn that's cold sure is there's a knock on the door and benny calls out come in and an old man walks in and benny welcomes in mr chalmers Now, Super Nintendo Chalmers here apologizes (laughs) for being late and that the elevator is broken. Benny apologizes that he should have just warned him about that beforehand. Anyways, here's Mrs. Allison Peters, who I told you about. And Chalmers here likes what he sees and walks up to her saying, Damn, Benny boy here told me that there would be a woman here, but he didn't mention how beautiful she was. Then he smooches her hand. Allison gives a little sass about Benny being negligent on the details for both of them. You know, indicating that she likes what she sees, too, which is a lie, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. He should have told me how handsome my cousin is, Brandon. Oh, mm-hmm. flag on the mm-hmm. play. <laughs> we'll just we'll just remember that little nugget for later. Benny commands the two to take a seat, so they do. And Chalmers here does take a seat and says, yeah. Frankly, I'm a little confused about my relation to Miss Miss Peters here. I think we all really? are.
1: Do you need a rewind to, like, five seconds ago?
0: Well, I think what would be nice here is if we had, like, a flashback to a week before this, <laughs> <laughs> where there's more setup, but we don't get that. Ah, oh,
1: well, then we'll just
0: continue being lost. Ben sits down saying, oh, yeah, of course, as I explained to you over the phone, I'm acting as the executive to the estate of your late uncle, Albert Peters. Chalmers snaps in that he's explained that the only man he knows by that name is his mother's brother, who died when he was a child. Some sort of train accident. He looks over at Allison, who coolly says, I love trains. and offers Chalmers a cigarette. He tells her no, and Benny explains that his uncle didn't die in a train accident. He was tried and found guilty of having masterminded the Wilhelm Bank Robbery Heist of 1901. Chalmers is all, say what? Benny further explains that it was the highest payroll heist of its time, of $200,000. Allison adds in, damn, well daddy was daddy. Benny goes on saying that he assumes Mr. Chalmers' mom thought it would be better to tell her son that her uncle died in a train accident instead of being a criminal mastermind. Checks out. Anyway, after serving his time, his uncle moved to Chicago to start a new life. He started a business, married, raised a family, yada, yada, yada. Years later, your uncle and Miss Peters' father over here, he died. Along with his public will, he found a secret document that details the investment amount. It was opened under an assumed name to be passed down to any and all of Mr. Peters' heirs, this is the account net worth of last month. And Ben hands Allison and Mr. Chalmers a paper, and it turns out the money amount is a little under $3 million. I don't know. Whoa! The two are all, oh my god, no way. In 1930s money? Exactly. Yeah, it's essentially infinite money back then. <laughs> but Benny says there's a problem. The account was opened a few months before he went to prison. Allison declares the opening balance was $200,000 in cash. Chalmers deduces it's the Wilmington bank money. Benny agrees and says, that's probably how the DA will see it. But as far as I can tell, as long as we can keep the authorities out of this, the two of you could probably claim the money without any trouble. All you'd need would be the account number, which they have right there. Mm-hmm. Allison asks what Benny would want for all of his troubles. And Ben says, oh, nothing. The probate gives me 10% for the sale of the investments. And he doesn't want anything more than that. He takes off his glasses saying, Albert was a friend. Allison stops him asking, what are you fucking talking about? Okay, because this setup is so complex, (laughs) Brandon. I agree. It's unnecessarily complex. I feel like the script for this one was very ambitious. And and this whole conversation really doesn't do it justice. So this scam is so deep that they found somebody that I don't know if they died recently or if they died a long time ago. I don't know what of the story is true, but he stole money from a bank and they want that bank money. Right. And Mm -hmm. I just don't understand how this could ever work. It seems so elaborate.
1: I don't understand how you'd ever come up with a plan like this. There's got to be easier ways.
0: I don't get it. Like, I feel like this is like a bank heist of its own. You know, you're only (laughs) fooling one guy, I guess. But I I don't know how they ever thought to set this up. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. I don't think there's enough context for me to make an assumption on, like, you know, if, no, if this guy died we need died recently, more flashbacks. Not. This would be the time. This would be the time. So, yeah, I, I, I just have to say I was upset how complex this was when it really didn't need to be. They could have just fine-tuned it a little bit to make it a little bit more followable. Because we've already covered, like, eight minutes of the episode, and the episode's not that long. And it was all just set up. <laughs> yeah. That's this whole episode, though. Oh, well, she wants to have a little word with her cousin. Ben is all like, OK, I'll leave the room so you can talk. I'll be outside of this room here. Let me know when you need me. Once he's out, Chalmers says, well, that was an interesting story, but I don't believe a word of it. OK, well, that just eliminates the last all eight right. minutes of the episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: cancel the plan, I guess. Allison smacks her lips and gets up saying, yeah, you and me both. Because although it does explain a few things about my dad. Chalmers gets up now asking, oh, such as? Allison says that he had claimed to be this big World War One hero. But I think the only must have he the episode was at a hot dog stand at Wrigley Field. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Chalmers chuckles about that because it's a good one. <laughs> and says, I was something of a World War One hero myself. Allison smiles saying that he's even got a cane to prove it because Super Nintendo Chalmers walks in with a cane. Yeah. I couldn't say the Super Nintendo Chalmers, Brandon. I couldn't. I know. It was just there for the pickings. They smile a bit at each other, and Chalmers suggests that they meet later to talk. Allison tells them that she's only in town for just a few days, and she's staying at the Park Plaza. And gosh, I don't know where we could ever meet. Chalmers suggests that they meet at the hotel. They have all the privacy they need there, Brandon. It's a hotel, for God's sakes, you know. They smile some more, and then we cut over to Allison at the hotel, asking, so, how do I look? And Benny is there, and he complains, what the hell? Why do I need to take pictures? Allison explains that it's for blackmail, Brandon. It's blackmail. A uh,
1: duh. Right. What is this, Con Man 101? Get with it. They have to
0: explain everything for the kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't get it. Right, Ray. Right. A little more explanation here, please. <laughs> Benny thinks that the only reason they're doing this is because Allison's got hot pants. And she tells him to shut up. Why don't you just keep the pictures to remember when you scooch out of here? She turns around and tells Benny to zip up her dress. So he does, and complains that blackmail is what got them into the shit in Pittsburgh. Hmm, Pittsburgh again. What happened in Pittsburgh? There's blackmail and somebody died, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We don't, we don't ever find out. Allison snaps that, no, it's you going soft that got us into that Pittsburgh fiasco. Now, get into the damn closet, because cousin Prescott Chalmers will be here any minute. And I don't want anything soft in this room.
1: Then he just keeps getting shoved into closets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, all <laughs> that's, that's his was. whole role. is who to just script. hide places and then pop out at the very end. You know, one thing I forgot to really mention, um, I don't know if I should or not, but what do you think about Allison's voice? She has kind of a distinct voice, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. It's very interesting. I like it a lot. Like, I, I like the actor and actresses in this episode. I think they all did a really good job, but we'll talk about her later.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you can do the rest of this podcast in her voice if you want. I won't I stop you. I don't remember it.
0: <laughs> I don't, oh. I, I, I know, I literally just watched and took my notes for this episode yesterday, but I can't remember the the dialects and stuff. We see Allison smooch Benny on the lips, and then Benny wipes that smooch away and goes to hide in the closet. There's a knock on the door, and Allison opens that shit up, asking what's all the hubba. It's Prescott Chalmers, Brandon. Ooh. Oh, shit. I didn't expect it to be him. I thought this was the Pittsburgh gig. If only. It sounds like the Pittsburgh gig was like more interesting than what happens in this episode. <laughs> she smooches him on the cheek, and he hands her a rose, saying, A rose hey. for a rose. That's Thank they're you. They're cousins, Brandon. Well, they're not cousins, because this is a con, but like Prescott doesn't know he, that, yeah, I guess. He doesn't know that. He's all in. <laughs> it's really weird. She thanks him and asks, how about an eye-opener for an eye-opener? And Chalmers tells her, yeah, sure then he sets down his hat, his cane, and we see him take off his wedding ring. <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> Some time passes and we hear a song playing. And I don't know what song it is. I feel like I should have put down what it is because it's kind of important. But Yeah, but you don't know it while you're watching it. Yeah. And Chalmers pipes up saying that this song is dope, but he's never heard it before. Al explains it's one of her faves and she plays it all the time. Chalmers asks if she found what she was looking for this afternoon, and Allison goes on and on about how much money they're going to get out of this deal, but it's a shame to sell out now, since there's so much more that they could make. Chalmers asks, well, why should we sell now? Why don't we buy Benny out? Give him 300000 and we hold on tight. And I don't know what they're fucking talking about, Brandon. Do you understand any of this? Um, not really. Because they were talking about the 200000 that they're... Dead father slash uncle put into it in the first place, mm-hmm. which which is the only money that they get in the end, kind of thing. But everything was invested, so I don't know if how this works. I don't know anything. They never taught this in school. Okay, I don't know. It doesn't. No. You know what though? No. You know what? It o- doesn't matter. Only
1: con people know about it.
0: Yeah. I, I, again, this is just that convoluted plot mucking down the episode. So Allison and Chalmers, they're dancing in the room at this point, getting real close, and Al says. Well, that'd be 150k each, but I don't think I'd get my hands on that kind of money. Chalmers wonders how much she's got, and Allison just starts smooching him on the lips. Conversation over. Yeah, she said enough of this. She walks over to his seat and sits, and Chalmers touches his lips, saying, Kissing cousins, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Allison sarcastically says that she shudders at the thought of it all, and the family gatherings that they've missed. Chalmers goes to turn off the light, but Allison tells him, Nah, I want to see you in all of your nakedness. (laughs) Then she beckons him over, and they smooch some more, and the camera zooms a bit into the closet, where Benny is there taking all sorts of naked pictures of the two. It's like Lizzie McGuire up in here.
1: (laughs) If Lizzie McGuire was a fucking creep, yes. (laughs) Maybe in that reboot season that she wanted to do. Oh, right. But they wouldn't let her. She was like, all right, I want to hide in closets and take pictures of people banging. I want to. And they were like, Hil- Hillary, I don't think that's the direction we should take Lizzie McGuire. And she's like, that's it. If Lizzie can't take pictures of banging, I'm
0: out. Why did that get canceled? <laughs> Why did they not do that reboot? It would have been a good reboot. I don't know.
1: I think they wanted to keep it like kid friendly, but you know, she wanted to take pictures of naked people. So that must
0: be what it is. Yeah. It's a shame, you know, I, I think I think the world deserves more Hillary Duff. I'm being honest with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was in that How I Met Your Father and. Oh, yeah. I only yeah. I only saw a tiny amount of it, but it got canceled. So. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> As they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think rebooting old shows is like kind of out these days you know well they all seem to try it i mean, I think they should try here's what happens i mean we just talked about this with good burger too brandon they try it and everybody's like yeah i can't wait and then it happens and they're like oh this is stupid i hate it why did you even do it in the first place <laughs> this isn't the same thing from yeah. back then Yep. you know fuller house crawled so that all these other reboot
1: shows could run and look what happened I mean, Fuller House had like five seasons. Like, they did their thing.
0: I know. And it was like, I, I liked it. Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. Could have kept going, but. I don't know but... why it didn't. I don't get that. Oh, well. They were like, these kids can't have any more work. <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> and they never did. <laughs> Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your partner in crime. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got, we're so thankful for you spending some time with us. If you'd like access to early release episodes, bonus episodes, and so much more, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash private island. We post new content multiple times a week, so there's always something new to enjoy. With the holidays right around the corner, we just got our holiday cards out in the mail. So for those patrons that are looking forward to them, they're on the way. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons. The Beths, Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane. The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Sid, and Corey. The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith. And your boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. We hope you take the time to follow us on social media for all the latest posts. You can find us on Instagram and threads at UpAllNightPodcast, on Twitter or X at Pod, on YouTube at HA Podcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. You can find me live on Twitch every few nights as well at twitch.tv slash Island I play a lot of cozy and spooky games. Lately, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 2, but I always provide a chill and relaxing environment no matter what I'm playing. So I hope that you stop by and you say hello. This week, we're finishing up the 2023 Goosebumps series. The 10th episode will be posted on Thursday. If you're enjoying that series, we do do bonus episodes on Patreon called Plot Points, which are pretty similar, where we talk about the movies that we grew up with. We have plenty of episodes available now for you to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank the benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox, I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I will let you get back to the show, and I will talk with you again later. Bye, everybody. (laughs) We fade and cut over to Ben's office, where he's humming that song that was playing in the hotel, because it's just such an earworm, Brandon. Yeah, that's a banger. He's looking at those blackmail pictures, too. Then he chuckles, (laughs) saying, you poor bastard. We hear Allison outside the door, walking up, so Benny quick puts those pictures away, and in walks Allison and Chalmers. They say good morning to each other, and Benny gets right into it, saying that he's done all the paperwork. But as he told them over the phone, he's against them buying him out, and doesn't think it's a wise business move. Chalmers appreciates the concern, but his cousin and him made up these minds. He snaps open a briefcase full of dollar bills, and everyone just kind of silently stares at it for... a a good amount of time it was like a couple seconds yeah i would That's i mean a lot of money you, if somebody opens up a dollar bill briefcase okay you get you got to look at it for a while you got to be like well there's the money i'm going to try and steal <laughs> how can i steal this yeah. as yeah. convoluted a way as possible <laughs> Exactly. every time it gets me every time <laughs> <laughs> ben stands up saying okay let me just go get those documents for you to sign Then Ben starts humming that song aloud that was playing in the hotel room, and Al snaps her head over to give him a death stare. Then Benny just starts straight up singing that shit, and Allison looks pissed as hell. Chalmers recognizes that song, since he had a quick affair with his cousin to it, and he asks, is that one of his favorite songs too? And Ben turns around, realizing that he fucked up, and Chalmers says, Oh, I get it now. I've been had. A couple of two-bit hustlers. Hustlers. Or am I giving you credit for a little too much? And he slams that briefcase closed and yells at Benny to save it. Because Benny's all like, no, no, I wasn't singing, I swear. <laughs> Allison tries to reel in the situation, telling Benny to show Chalmers the pictures. So he pulls them out of his drawer and slaps them on the table, telling Chalmers to feast his eyes. Chalmers is all, oh, okay, sure. And he picks him up and he looks at him. He's all, oh my goodness. And Allison yells, yeah, hope you have a real understanding wife. Then Chalmers laughs about them, saying they're terrible and that his wife will never see these. Then he grabs his shit and he leaves. <laughs> and Allison takes that moment to whip her hat at Benny, yelling, Christ, Benny! Then she stomps after Chalmers, who's making his way down the hallway. So again, this the plot line gets kind of even more convoluted here, in my opinion, right? I mean, I was
1: like, why is he so nonchalant about this? Mm-hmm. He's just like, well, my wife ain't gonna see these. And he just kind of, like, walks out the door.
0: Yeah. But, like, they're still there. So, what? And why didn't you just rip him up or something? I don't know. There's so many things he could have done. Instead, he's just like, eh, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) go. Yeah. All right, I'm going to head out. She calls for him a couple of times as she walks towards him down the hallway. But Chalmers just ignores her. He walks his way to the elevator. He's done with this whole con business. Yeah, he's had enough. He walks his way to the elevator and pushes the button when Allison stops him and points a gun at him, saying, Yeah, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Chalmers is all, Oh, come on now, Allison. You're capable of many things, but I doubt murder is one of them. Suddenly, Ben pops up, and Allison just gets grappled by him for some reason. And Chalmers takes a step into the elevator and screams, because there is no elevator there. Oh, whoops. His cane falls to the ground, and we hear him fall down the elevator shaft. The two stopped fighting, and they took a look at the empty elevator shaft, and we hear from the bottom, Chalmers kind of plead for them to, like, come and help him. He's like, hey, guys, I fell. Come get me. Oh, (laughs) silly me. Benny tells him to hold on tight and that he's going to go get some help, but Allison tells him, "Uh, no, you're not. This is all your fault. $300,000, and you blow the whole deal. I should throw you into that damn elevator shaft. The two scream at each other and start fighting, but then they stop because they hear the elevator hum to life, and then they just stare up at the dial as it shows the elevator going down. And we see the elevator pass by them, and then it just keeps going down until it straight up crushes Prescott Chalmers at the bottom. He screams, and Benny boops the button on the elevator, and it starts coming back up. It's brutal. It really is. I kind of love it. It stops above them for some reason, and we see Chalmers' intestines just hanging from the bottom of this elevator.
1: <laughs>
0: it's good. It's a good good way to sell it. It was nice to see it. I'm glad that they went there, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: He, he falls down, and you're like, oh, he's definitely dead. And then he's like, oh, I'm very badly hurt. And you're like, uh-oh. And then you see the elevator come down, and then he, he's silent after that, but you're still like, huh i wonder what happened and then you see it you see all the guts and the goo (laughs) yeah and
0: you're like okay he was like juiced (laughs) yeah allison's all damn well next stop for me is monkey island dude i love monkey island what is her problem Uh, she doesn't like guy thornbrush or whatever his name is okay Guybrush Threepwood. He's a mighty pirate. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like the point and clicks, okay, Brandon? She just can't appreciate the classics. Nope. We cut over to a police office, and Benny and Allison are there. Al wonders aloud if anyone's ever heard of anybody dying from falling down an elevator shaft, and how stupid that is. (laughs) I've heard of people falling down elevator shafts, but I always hear it in, like, a, you know, soap opera, corny, way to die kind of thing, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I immediately think of the Boy Meets World Halloween episode where pretty sure multiple people (laughs) fall down
0: an empty elevator shaft. Man, that was such a good episode. It was. So funny. Benny snaps, don't you have any respect for the dead? And Allison says that she does. Very little respect. Oh, (laughs) damn. Ah, got him. Some officers pass by and they say hi to him. And then Allison looks over at Benny saying that this was just a big mistake being here. Benny tells her, no, it ain't. We gave him our little statement and we're just straight up citizens. We smile politely and we're out of here. Then I'm out of here on a bus and I'll see you next life. A door opens up and Prescott Chalmers' wife walks out and the police thank her for coming in with such a difficult time. Then he turns to Allison and Ben and he tells them, okay, you guys can get out of here. We got your statement. Everything checks out fine. But Allison takes a look and sees that that briefcase full of money is being held by the wife and she stands up and greets her and introduces herself as her husband's cousin. This wife hears all, oh yeah, you was with my hubby. Ben hands her Chalmers cane, saying that we wanted to give you this. Miss Chalmers asks, uh, give me what? Oh, sorry. I'm blind, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeez. Couldn't you introduce yourself that way? So, so inconsiderate. It uh,
0: really is. <laughs> Hi, I'm blind. How are you? <laughs> Ben is all, oh, uh, it's his cane, and pushes that into her hand. So that's why he said that his wife will never see these. (laughs) Yeah, my wife will never see these. (laughs) Miss Chalmers tells him, oh, yeah, the mister mentioned something about a long-lost relative. Also, I want to let you know that I plan on fulfilling all my late husband's earthly obligations. Benny starts saying that they won't be necessary, but Allison stops him, saying, Shut up and let her finish. So <laughs> Sh- she. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she does finish, saying that she will have to talk to her husband to get his approval first. But yeah, after that, they should be all good. I have a meeting with my spiritual advisor, Madame Leona, all set up. Allison takes a good look at Benny, and then she smiles. So after all of this, Brandon, we finally get perhaps a seance? Yeah, the yes. name of the episode. With like two minutes
1: left in the episode, we're finally back in present day. I had to. I looked
0: at the clock and I was like, "God, there's only like a minute left. What's going on? This <laughs> is ridiculous." <laughs> Over in Madame Leona's shop, we see that Leona's all tied up, and Allison asks her to talk so that she can absorb her accent. So that explains why, in the beginning, Allison had that fake Russian accent, which is weird yes. because Madame Leona is not Russian. No. Leona tells the two she pities them, and yada yada, and Allison snaps that Leona sucks, too, since she gives people false hopes about being a spiritual advisor, and that's a load of shit. Then she gets up and backhands Leona, which I guess knocks her out. She's strong. She is Superman, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We pop to black, and then we come back, and we're to the present time again, finally, Brandon, where Allison is faking a seance. Miss Chalmers is there, and her driver, and everybody... She says some nonsense words and then says that she's got the sense of Prescott Chalmers up in here, and she wants to summon his image. She invokes his spirit and up from the hallway walks that robed dude again. But it's totally Benny, right? It's gotta be. Of course. We saw him go in the closet. And now he's outside the closet. And now he's out. (laughs) Yeah. Miss Chalmers asks what's happening because she can't see. And the dude says, yeah, it totally looks like Mr. Chalmers over there. She asks if it's Prescott. And Allison's all... It's Prescott, okay? Just believe us. (laughs) Anyway, what about the money? What do you want your wife to do with it? The figure laughs, saying,
1: Always faithful, I promised I'd be here for you.
0: Miss Chalmers (laughs) asks, um, is that really you, Prescott? And Allison urges the figure on to give them the money. So Chalmers says, yeah, I'd like to give it to them personally. And the figure walks up to Allison, and Allison is all, Benny, what are you doing? The figure slaps the briefcase on the table and opens it up, and we see the severed head of Benny inside of it. Oh, shit. Which it wouldn't fit in there, but, like, that's fine. Says who? Says you? Yeah. You don't know how big Benny's head is. That's true. Kathy's all, oh, shit. And the road figure uncloaks its face, and it's a bloody and cut-up Chalmers. He says, You might call this a bait and switch. It's <laughs> just a really terrible joke. <laughs> then he smiles and he giggles. Mrs. Chalmers asks, What the hell's going on? And the guy next to her says, Well, it's Mr. Chalmers, but he's looking a little peaked. Chalmers reaches out and touches Allison, saying that her friend Benny was right. Then chuckles some more. He's, he's got a lot of giggles in him. It's funny. Al's all Jesus Christ in a sweater. Some catchphrase, I guess. Then Chalmers fucking Mortal Kombat Fatalities (laughs) Allison by punching straight into her chest and pulling out her heart.
1: Oh, you can't hate this episode now. (laughs) She gets the Kano treatment, Brandon. She fucking gets her heart pulled straight
0: out of her chest. It is ridiculous. She screams a bunch, and Chalmers looks at it, saying, You ain't got no heart. <laughs> then he laughs, and Allison watches this and then fucking dies. And that's it. Yeah, she watches <laughs> it for a long time. She's getting a good view of that, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's like, Dude, did you just pull out my heart?
0: <laughs> I just... Okay, like, that's literally the end of the, of the tale here, and I'm just sitting like, Man... There's two dead bodies in this room. Prescott's just going to disappear or something, and it's mm-hmm. going to be on this poor blind woman and her driver. <laughs> He's created a whole world of problems. He should have just given up that money. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Who this, cares? All of that like all of that setup was for like somebody getting their heart punched and ripped out of their body. Like I guess I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. Like it. It gets to where it needs to go. <laughs>
0: It just took half fucking hour to get there. Yeah. Overall, though, I mean, we got a lot of good gore in this one. We got the heart punch out. We got Benny's severed head. We got those guts on the bottom of the elevator.
1: Pretty good. I think it was pretty good. For what, like, little happens in this
0: episode, they, they fit the gore in there. Yeah, I'm happy with that. It was just a very big convoluted mess that should have been reworked in writing, but they didn't. Do I well. mean, this
1: episode, just an interesting little note, is written by Harry Anderson. Okay. You may remember, played Jim Corman in Corman's Calamity. Oh, yeah. And when I learned that, I was like, huh, I didn't know, like, he was a writer. And I looked it up and it turns out he wasn't really. He wrote, like, oh. a couple episodes of Nightcore and a couple episodes of that other show he was in, Dave's World. But, uh-huh. like, other than that, and this episode of Tales from the
0: Crypt, like, that's it. Yeah, they were like, I don't know about this stuff, man. It's really, really <laughs> extra. <laughs> Yeah, and it's odd that he wrote an episode, but, like, not the one he was in. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Over with Crypty, he says, Well, maybe Al and Benny will finally get it together now. After all, two deads are better than one. As for Sam, turns out she was right. Her husband was cheating on her with a zombie he met on a business trip. Out to the ghost. In the end, I decided to let Sam handle things on her own. The camera pans back to show us two skeletons right in front of the Crypt Keeper. One on top of the other, kind of, and the one on top has a knife. He says, Go ahead, slay it again, Sam. And okay. the knife drops from the skeleton and stabs the other one. And Crypti laughs, and that, that's kind of the end of the episode. But from my perspective here, it looks like the one doing the killing is the man skeleton stabbing the woman, and Sam would be getting stabbed. But it doesn't really fucking matter because that's no. the end, okay? It really that's doesn't. It that doesn't, yeah, that's the end. Sam. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's the end of Seance, Brandon. Whew.
1: What a slog. Wow. Not a lot of
0: seances in Seance. No, very unaptly named. But before we talk about the name, Brandon, did you learn anything from Seance? Hell no, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I mean,
1: like... um, Let's see. I learned it took place in, like, the
0: 30s or something, which I didn't know before. I mean, it's not really, like, set in stone or anything. I, I feel it is, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, I learned to maybe look before walking into an elevator shaft. That's what I learned, too, Brandon. Elevator shafts, the scariest thing. You gotta you gotta make sure it's actually when there you before you step into it. it. <laughs> I learned if you're gonna kiss your cousin, take off your wedding ring first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then it's all good.
0: Yeah, then nobody knows. It says that in fun. the Bible somewhere, I think. The name Seance, Brandon, obviously it's a shit name because, yeah. like, it's, <laughs> it's, the it's worst featured... Name. It's featured in the episode for, like, maybe a minute tops.
1: Yeah. When I heard the title, I thought, okay, we're getting, like, an actual spooky ghosts kind of right.
0: horror story. But nope. Not like no. that at all. We got con artists. It should just be called, like, the big con or something like that, you know? Yeah. Con air. Con elevator. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> I'm done. You want to beat the cast, Brandon? Fuck this shit. All right. Let's, let's move on. Okay. Who are these people? Alright, well let's start with Allison, played by Kathy Moriarty. I quite liked her in this episode. I think she did a really good job. She's got a very distinct voice that I really enjoy. Um, I feel like I knew her for some from something, but I don't think I do. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude.
1: I I saw this and I was immediately like, Oh, it's that chick from Casper. And then it turns out she okay. plays the exact same character as she does in <laughs> Casper.
0: Is she the is she like the villain of Casper?
1: Yes. Hold on, Brandon. She's the one who's constantly yelling at that dude who she's trying to do a con with in Casper. Are you sure?
0: Because according to our IMDb profile, she was in Casper meets Wendy. Dude. Oh, she was in Casper. Okay. She yeah. was in she fucking was in Casper. <laughs> Hold on. She was in Casper and then she were, she she was also in Casper meets Wendy, but it was as a different character.
1: That's <laughs> weird. I haven't seen Casper meets Wendy. I'm sure it's fantastic.
0: I mean, it's got Hillary Duff in it, right? Yes. <laughs> She started things off in 1980 with Raging Bull, and then she was in Kindergarten Cop in what 1990. What a start. Mm-hmm. She, she played Sylvester's mother. So she was also a con man in Kindergarten Cop then too, right? She's a con man in everything. I mean, she's got the voice for it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. You gotta use that's it. That's what a con man sounds like. Hey, give me your money.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what all con men do. Give me that money. (laughs) And you're just like, damn, okay. Your voice is so (laughs) confident. (laughs) She was in Casper, which, you know what, Brandon? Give me this, though. I've only seen Casper just recently. I know. I know. (laughs) She was in Jumanji, the animated series that we just keep talking about. (laughs) It keeps coming up. (laughs) More recently. Well, okay, not, not so recently. She was also in Hey Arnold. Analyze that. She was in Patty Cakes, but the S is a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the, what's the synopsis
1: of that one? I don't know. All right. I'm looking it up. Okay. <laughs> Patty Cakes is centered on aspiring rapper Patricia Dombrowski, a.k.a. Akila Paka Patty Cakes, who is fighting an unlikely quest for glory in her downtrodden hometown in New Jersey. Okay. That sounds
0: awesome. That sounds like something. Most recently, she was in Great Kills from this year, 2023. She was in seven episodes. So she's still, still working doing it. it. Still yeah. doing it. Still conning. Still conning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get that, Kathy. You get that money. Next up, we got Benny. Okay, we got Benny in the closet, played by Ben Cross. Uh, the late Ben Cross. He passed away in 2020. So rest in peace, Ben Cross. So Ben here has been in a lot of things. Started it off 1972 with the short The Reprieve. And then he played in such hits as The Flame Trees of Thika. He was in The Twilight Zone back in
1: 1986.
0: Cool. Nightlife, Eye of the Widow, First Night, uh, Poltergeist, The Legacy. I didn't know that they did a TV series for Poltergeist, but I guess they did. Oh, huh. interesting. The Red Phone, Manhunt. And then it's perhaps sequel, Red Phone 2. Exorcist at the beginning from 2004. Uh, he was in Star Trek in 2009. God, it's so many things. Lily and the Magic Pearl. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to speak ill of a dead man's career, but
0: this is a lot
1: of stuff I've never heard of. I know, right?
0: But it's a lot of stuff. He was in 12 Monkeys. I remember that being like a, oh my God, Disney Channel. No, it was a sci-fi show. (laughs) The TV show. Yeah, I heard that's good. Yeah. Most recently, I guess, he was in Pray for the Devil, which came out in 2022, so a little bit after he passed away. Next up, we got Ellen Crawford, who played Mrs. Chalmers. I don't know why she's so high on the IMDb list, but it's fine. We're going to go with her next anyway. She was in the episode for only like a minute. And she started things off in 1982 with Romance Theater. Is she blind, though? I don't think so. (laughs) She was in Three's Company after M.A.S.H. Murder, She Wrote, Brandon. Cool. She was in Werewolf. I wonder if that's that one really bad movie that Mystery Science Theater did. I hope so. Werewolf? Werewolf? Diagnosis murder, Brandon. Seventh Heaven. She was in Seventh Heaven for two episodes. Oh, hell yeah. So you might see her again when you watch Seventh Heaven. She was in Grey's Anatomy for an episode. She was most recently in The Rookie from this year, 2023.
1: She's also in 113 episodes of
0: ER. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> she was in that, yeah. For like more than 10 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So. That may be what she's
0: most known for. That's pretty radical. Next up, Brandon, we got Mr. Chalmers, played by the late John Vernon, who passed away in 2005. This, You know, I got to say, this guy, it's also got a pretty great voice. I felt like I recognized it. And maybe there's something in here that I heard him from. But uh, yeah, he's got a good voice, too. He started it off in something called 1984 from 1956. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's the confusing. future. A lot of Marvel shows back from the sixties because I think he voiced the Hulk. No, he didn't. He he voiced Tony Stark or Iron Man from the like sixties Marvel stuff. That was kind of his big thing for a while there. He was in Gunsmoke, Police Woman. Uh, Mary Jane Harper cried last night. Did you know that she did? I know now. <laughs> it rained all night the day I left. <laughs> He's just in like full
1: sentences of <laughs> yeah. shows. The powers of Matthew
0: Star. <laughs> he was he was in Murder She Wrote. <laughs> Hold on, Brad. Here's a good one. He was in Ernest Goes to Camp. Ooh, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, this guy's great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's wonderful. Rest in peace. He was in Doogie Hauser. He was in the
1: New Adventures of Beans Baxter. No, that he played number one.
0: He was in SWAT Cats, Brandon, the Radical Squadron. Do you remember SWAT Cats? <laughs>
1: yes, I remember SWAT Cats.
0: <laughs> he voiced Dr. Doom in 1994's The Fantastic
1: Four animated series. Oh, man. He was in so much Marvel stuff before being in Marvel stuff was, like,
0: Yeah, like, he was, he was in it, and then he got out of it, and he was like, no, nah, I want some of that Marvel stuff again. And they were like, okay, you can be Dr. Doom. And he was like, all right. He did the voice of Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm. That's cool. Uh, he was in some video games, too. I see Baldur's Gate 2, which was from 2000. So, man, yeah. that took a, a long, long time, time to make Gate, Baldur's Gate It's out
1: right now. <laughs> it really is. Uh,
0: yeah. And most recently, just go with the most recent, he was in Delgo in 2008. Oof. I don't know what Delgo Infamous was. box office bomb, Delgo. Really? Now I got to look into it a little bit here. I don't remember a single thing about this. The only thing weird. I
1: remember about it is that it made no money.
0: Wow. It looks so ugly. Well, that's our <laughs> cast, Brandon. That was the main ones. We're not gonna talk about those two side characters that weren't in it for very long. And that was seance. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was an episode. It was sure something that happened, you know? I mean, after all of that, all all the ridiculousness of the script, and then they made it happen somehow. I mean, we got some good gore in there, so yeah, this
1: whole episode was, was literally just a
0: build-up to that heart being torn out. Yeah, and Kathy Moriarty, she did a great job on it. Like, I had not I had fun with it. Do you want to see what's next week, though, Brandon? Yes, please. Okay. Season 4, Episode 5 of Tales from the Crypt. Next episode's called Beauty Rest. Okay, interesting. Is this another yeah. zombie one? Mm, I don't know, hopefully. But let's, let's take a look here. Lies not been easy for actress Helen. Wait, what? What? It says, Lie's not been easy for actress Helen. She's getting older and her dreams of hitting the big time are disappearing. When she gets a chance to take part in a beauty contest, she's determined to do anything to win. So I guess it's going to be like another top billing kind of thing, right? It's only Cindy. Right. Let's take okay. a look here. Let us see if I know any of this cast. Do you know who Mimi Rogers is? Sure. Okay. How about Jennifer Rubin? Nope. Kathy Ireland? Yep. Buck Henry? Nope. Okay, so we got some hits, we got some misses. Oh my god, I just said that about somebody's <laughs> career as if it was nothing. <laughs> not just their career, them as a person. <laughs> so yeah, okay, we got some people we know, some people we don't know. I'm excited to see what all the hubba is about this episode here. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of think hubba. it'll be. a fun... It's
1: got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> There's not tons of hubba. Well,
0: it was, okay, but say it's only at a 6.4. So it, all right, so we're moving up. got to be better. Right? We're trending up here. That's good. Yeah, need to get out of this rut i'm looking forward to beauty rest brandon it should be fun right we're gonna have a fun episode we'll have fun with it yes oh yeah yeah don't we always but that's next week brandon we can't have fun until next week <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep that's all fun for this week i'm going back to untangling christmas
0: lights oh you poor bastard all right well i've been up all night brandon i will see you next week for some beauty rest are you ready yes all right bye everybody Bye.
1: We're seeing cousins, aren't we?